Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm a writer for The Athletic. And each week, I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. And up next is Chase Briscoe of Stuart Haas Racing. Chase is entering his second year in the Cup Series after a successful career in the Xfinity Series. And he is someone who I really, really enjoy doing these 12 questions with because uh, I found out years ago he was an avid reader of the 12 questions. And so since he already knows them and thinks about his answers ahead of time, it really helps when we get into these interviews because he's already put some thought into it and uh, has, has a good answer ready to go in a lot of cases. So uh, that always makes it a lot easier for me and hopefully a lot better to listen to as well. So let's jump right into it and see what he had to say for this year's edition of the 12 questions. All right, everybody, I'm here with Chase Briscoe and we are uh, one year after um, we did a chain link fence oh, interview. Yeah. I forgot about that. You and Reddick were my chain link fence interviews last year. And, uh, now nothing, we can speak nothing in person. can stop COVID like a chain link fence. <laughs> <laughs> that solved all the problems. Yeah. Now it's gone. So yeah, the chain link fences of the world eliminated it. No problem. Uh, thanks for doing this as always. Yeah, um, I'm always enjoy having you on early in the season. I know you're a 12 questions, uh, enthusiast. Oh yeah. Big time. So that, that makes me feel good. Uh, so the first question is how do you feel about people reclining their seats on airplanes? So I, I guess I don't, it doesn't bother me if somebody does it. I mean, I'm tall, so my knees are typically in the seat in front of me regardless. But I always have felt bad if I do it because I didn't want to be that guy. So I used to never do it because I didn't want to bother the guy behind me or the girl behind me. And then now I've got this little trick that I do where as soon as we take off, I put my hand on the button. And then as soon as the, the captain tips the front up, it just naturally goes whoop, back. <laughs> So it's like the seat's broken, and they don't realize that it was me that did it. But that's my, my secret. That so, way it's not – I don't feel bad for doing it because I don't want them to think in the middle of the fly I just jammed it back on them. So instead I do it right there every time. <laughs> and then you, it's, it's almost like it's not even noticeable because the, the plane is tilted yeah. up. It's and, starting to fly. And everybody's naturally getting thrown back. So uh, you got to time it just right, and it takes a little bit to get used to. <laughs> But once you figure it out, as soon as that thing, you don't do it as soon as the front wheel picks up. It's when the max load is. That's where you pop that thing and just push back a little bit, and you're good to go. Oh, That's wow. a pro tip. That, that's beautiful. <laughs> How often do you get recognized at the grocery store? Uh, Very rarely. I've, I've had it happen a couple of times by some workers. So I don't live in where a lot of the drivers live. I live in Harrisburg. So I feel like there's not as many people in the racing industry, I guess, over there. So I've been noticed a couple times, but it was by uh, employees. There's one that was on Reddit, and he had like mentioned that he had seen me uh, in in there, like on Reddit one time. So I was like, "Man, next time you see me, just stop me." 
But outside of that, there hasn't been a ton of instances where I've been noticed. I don't, I don't feel like. It definitely happened once I made it to Cup, though. Before Cup, nobody would really recognize me. So but even now, it's very rare. It, do you do they ever recognize you? Like, can you ever tell if somebody's recognizing you, but they don't stop you? Like, they you kind of like see that they might be uh, looking at you, kind of thing. I don't know. I don't think so. I okay. mean, I don't know. Maybe a, a, a time or two. I feel like you can kind of tell. Not they don't know who you are. They just know that you look familiar, and they can't quite figure out how they know you. Okay. Yeah, I would say that's happened a couple times. Like one of those actors, like that's sort of like a, a role player. Yeah, you're type like, thing. you're like, wait, I oh. know, I know that yeah, guy, right? But I can't figure out how I know him. It's, yeah, I've had that a couple times. I feel like. Okay. Uh, on a scale one to ten, how good are you at replying to text messages in a timely manner? Terrible. Really? I used to, I used to be so good. Like, so good. Up until, like, really about a year, year and a half ago. So used to, like, if I want to race, if I had 100-something text messages saying congrats, I would text every single one back say thank you. And now, as we stand right here talking, I have 209 unopened text messages. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so let's – here, we're going to see what the most dated one is, but I'm so bad about it. Well, are they – So I didn't realize that on iPhone – this is what suckered me into it – so apparently you can hold down and it'll pop the conversation up without like taking the text show away. Is, is it's red? Yeah. And like, so oh. like Heather here, like I can do that and okay. I can read what she says, but then see, it doesn't take <gasps> the blue check away. So that I never knew all that. the time because I'll read it, but then I forget to respond to it. Like I'm reading, I'm like, okay, got it. And I forget to ever respond. So I learned that about a year ago. And ever since then, my unopened texts have gone way up so let's see right now my oldest text date oh wow this is bad this is crazy i never knew if you hold down your i didn't either it just pops it up and shows you the preview yeah but wow huh that's that's fascinating this is this is so bad so i right now i'm to october 28th and still have an open text oh geez uh let's see we're but so you haven't replied to those people obviously because no but because in order to reply you yeah. have to. You have to. You can't do the preview. And That's reply. what gets me. My oldest one was October second, so the day Brooks was born. Everybody was blowing me up. Right. And that was my my oldest one because I remember actually sitting in the hospital. We were we were there for almost three days, and I remember going through all of them and clearing them out. And I was like, from this day forward, I am reading every text again because it drives me crazy. And now here we are at two hundred nine. You have some work to do. Yeah. Um. What is the best way to get out of a conversation with someone who won't stop talking? I don't feel like I'm very good at this one because, yeah, Heather's shaking her head back there. <laughs> I, like, I feel like that I – don't, I don't know. Like, I enjoy talking to people. Uh-huh. So, like, earlier today we were done with the media thing. I was there for, what, probably an hour late. Like, I just like talking to people and even fans. Like, even stuff that is no relevance to me. Like, it's important to them. So, like, I want them to tell me what's important. And, like, I'll stand there for 10, 15 minutes talking to them. And, like, truthfully, there's not a lot of the conversation that I, like, it, some of it doesn't even make sense to me, right? Like, it's stuff that is kind of irrelevant to what I'm doing, but it's important to them. So, I listen and sit there and I'll, like, have a conversation back. So, I'm not very good at that one. I, I couldn't even tell you what the best way is because I'll stand there for an hour if they keep talking. Like, I'm just not very good at that. You're, you're too nice, I, I think, maybe. I don't know. Like, I just, I feel bad if I walk away or, like, yeah. do something like that. So, I don't know. I guess the only thing close to that is, 
like if I'm on the phone sometime and Marissa's like, hey, like we've got, like you got to get off the phone. I'll sometimes be like, all right, I got another call coming. I got to go. But outside of that, that's really, I guess that's my best In answer. person, you can't break away. You'll yeah, because I don't like confrontation. Out. So like, yeah. I, it's, even though it's not confrontation, me walking off, like I don't want to make somebody else feel bad and feel like I'm like trying to get out of it. So I'm just like, I'll sit, if, like I said, if it's an hour, like I'll just sit there and keep going. Wow. That's, that's very admirable, but I feel bad for your time management, uh, if that's the case. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I used to, I can relate a little bit. I used to be like that, but I feel like I've gotten better at be like, all right, well, like as soon as there's like a little bit of a gap, I'll be like, hey, well, it was good talking to you. Yeah, or, you I know. mean, I guess I'd do that. Like if there's a, a gap of like yeah. five, 10 seconds, like, you know, like that awkward gap, right? right then right. I'll be like, all right, man, well, good talking to you. But outside of that, like, I'm not gonna just in the middle of them talking be like, hey, I gotta go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's very, you're a very nice person. Uh, I appreciate that. <laughs> if you could, if you could only pick one form of social media to use and drop all the rest, which would it be? Uh, Twitter for sure. I, that's really the only one. I, well, it'd be toss up now because I really do enjoy Reddit, just the NASCAR Reddit, because there's so much good stuff on there all the time. Like I'm always on there. There's so many rumors. You can get some funny jokes on there about guys, and like there's just some interesting stuff. But I feel like just the NASCAR Reddit probably wouldn't do very good for day to day news right so probably twitter like i a couple weeks ago i deleted everything but twitter really yeah just for like a week and it was it's pretty nice like mm -hmm. i didn't think that i was going to be able to do it but i did it and i was all good with it so twitter for sure that would be the one if i had to keep one it's for sure twitter okay um what advice would you give someone who is having a hard time getting over a mistake they've made so i would say if you've made the mistake, right? Like it's obviously hard to look past the mistake, but you can't change the mistake at that point, right? Like it's already happened. It's already like, you can't do anything about it. And that's one thing that I feel like I've tried to always do a good job about in racing. Like obviously a mistake in life is different than on the racetrack, but after it's happened, you can't change it. So quit worrying about it. And like, even my dad and some of my family are like, I don't understand how you can just forget about it. Cause my dad will get so mad after a race. He's like, man, like, you know, it just, it bothers him all week. Mm -hmm. And I can call him five minutes after the race. I'm like, it don't matter. Like I can't change it now. So I guess that'd be my biggest advice would be like, it's hard to forget about it, but just, you can't do anything to change the fact now. Like it's already came and gone and whatever that mistake was. So just try to learn from it. Don't do the mistake again and just move on and try to make tomorrow better because you can't change yesterday. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Uh, so this is my wild card question portion. And, uh, you know, you're one of these guys who, you know, you grew up as a NASCAR fan, like this, your entire life. This is where you want to be right now as a Cup Series driver. And you've made it. Now you've made it through a, a full year. You're coming into your second year as a Cup Series driver. So with what you thought it was going to be like, you know, like, hey, this is this is what a Cup driver does. And this is what their life is like and everything. And, you know, now you've experienced it. What having lived it, what is the biggest challenge that maybe you didn't see or expect um, from the life as a uh, as a cup driver? Uh, just the time that that it t like growing up, right? Like I didn't I didn't grow up in any type of stock car pavement racing anything. So you see cup guys and you just think oh, they're just they race on Sunday, they hang out late Monday through Friday, they go do whatever they want. It is the complete opposite. Like January alone, I was home eight days total. Like you're just always gone, always doing stuff. And I never, I mean, I remember when I started truck racing, I was like, man, I'm busy. Then I went Xfinity racing. I'm like, man, I thought truck racing was busy. This is a whole nother level. Then you go cup racing 
and just the amount of things that you have to do from whether it's competition meetings, you know, media stuff, social stuff, like there's just so many things that I never in a million years went into it. And just the attention to detail, not only on the race car, but off the racetrack, you know, just having all your personal life, you know, from a finance point, from having your insurance, like there's just so many things that I was so green on and had no idea about. And, and like, that's one person that I've really leaned on is Kevin because he's done it for so many years. And I feel like Kevin's been a really good example of, how to do things right off the racetrack. So like I was laid over here because I was asking him questions about how can I get this part of my life in check more? And just cause I, I don't know, I'm so green on it all. So for me, I would say that was the biggest thing is just how much there is off the racetrack because you just think about on the racetrack and then after that, it's kind of whatever, but just the attention to detail, like I said, off the racetrack was, was the biggest thing and just how much work you have to put in the cup series you learn really quickly that everybody is extremely good. And even the guys that are running 25th to 30th week in and week out in the Cup Series have won their entire career, and they're extremely good race car drivers. So you just have to do all those little things right, and I never realized that, I guess, before I got to the Cup Series. Hmm, that's really interesting. Um, if someone blatantly wrecked you to win a race, would you interrupt their celebration? I mean, I'm sure these guys are going to read it, but, I mean, no, I just – I don't like confrontation. Like I, like I was talking earlier. I don't even like pushing my airplane seat back because I don't want to make the guy behind me feel bad. So yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I don't know. I just I've never been a fighter. Like I don't like like there's times where I might think I'm right, but I'll just agree with the other person because I don't want to argue about it. I don't want to fight. So I don't know. I I don't think I would. I mean, I I mean I guess if it take happening to find out but even there's been times in my career where i've been you know i felt like not screwed out of a race but could have you know i could have been in victory lane instead i'm sitting there finishing second and like i'm just glad to be there right so there could be a lot worse things than getting wrecked out of the lead of a race at least for me that's kind of how my mindset's always been so i don't know i try not get too mad about it and not too worried about it like i think it was question seven you can't change the fact now so why get mad the guy that wrecked you know he did wrong right so you going down there and yelling at him or punching him in the face or whatever he already knows you're mad at him so you going down there and trying to prove a point isn't going to change anything i feel like it just makes things worse so for me i don't i don't see myself ever being in that position but who knows that you never know until you're put in that spot but i don't think i would by any means okay interesting let tend dental make your dream smile a reality we offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com sale. That's hellotend.com sale. And book your free consult today. Uh, what movie do you think you've seen the most times over the last year? Ooh, over the last year, I'm trying to think what it would be. I don't watch a lot of movies, but I will say the last – I haven't watched it from start to finish, but I feel like The Wolf of Wall Street's been on a lot lately, mm -hmm. and I've watched, like, parts of it throughout. And that movie's so long, it'd take you forever to watch it all. But it's a great movie. But I would say over the last year, it would probably – I guess it would be that. I feel like I've watched – I've turned the channel to that more than anything else. Yeah. 
But then I feel like I watched Tal- like a Talladega Nights is on. You got to turn it on too, right? So like I don't know. I don't. I don't think I've watched some drivers any movie. hate Talladega Nights. Oh, how can you not like Talladega Nights? I mean, Will Ferrell, like John C. Riley. I mean, incredible. I, I I love Talladega Nights, but there's a lot of people in this garage who are like very anti Talladega Nights for whatever reason. So see, I would rather watch Talladega Nights than I would Days of Thunder. Yeah. Or really any other like I I like comedy though. Speaking of John C. Riley, did you see the new show coming out where he uh, is like the guy that bought the Lakers and turned the Lakers into this? Empire? Oh yeah, I I know the guy that wrote the book that that's based really? on. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's, I'm excited to watch the show. Yeah, uh, the Showtime Lakers show. Yeah, or it's it's called Winning Time. I think. Yeah, Winning on Time. HBO. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be good. Um, I lost my place on my new questions. I don't oh, yeah. know. I, I don't know where to look on my sheet. Uh, when you think about NASCAR five years from now, what are you the most optimistic about and what worries you the most? So I think for me, when the thing that would worry me the most about five years from now would be what happens to the Xfinity series, the truck series and the ARCA series. Once all, so right now I feel like it's going to thrive, right? Because all these parts from the cup series, the last, you know, however many years we've ran that generation of car, there's going to be a ton of parts, right? Like you can go find anything right now for probably pennies on the dollar. But what happens when those parts run out, right? Like the cup series has always provided the trickle down effect for all those series. And what happens when you don't have the cup series making all those parts and pieces anymore? So I think for me, the big teams in the Xfinity series are still going to be able to, to, you know, make parts and kind of, you know, innovate some things. But outside of them, you know, what happens to those smaller teams that are buying these parts for pennies on the dollar right now? And, you know, five years from now, are we still going to have parts from last year? I don't, I don't think we would, but you never know. But I think that's the biggest thing that would worry me is just what happens to those smaller series and the, the budgets for those smaller series. Because once these parts run out from a, a surplus standpoint, you have to start building them. Mm. They're going to be way more expensive. So then what happens? Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that at all. That's a great point, though. What are you most uh, optimistic about? the tv deal right yeah. like I, I guess that would be the one thing like what how do we watch the racing in five years like are we on a streaming service are we on fox are we on nbc are we on espn like there's so many different avenues that it could go and i think that's going to determine a lot of what happens to the sport too right from a budget standpoint so i guess that's that's what i don't know if i'm optimistic about it but i'm anxious about it because i am curious you know where how are you going to watch like are we going to be the first sport that just goes strictly to streaming? Like, I, obviously, I think 15 years from now, cable TV is not even going to be a thing. Right. So somebody's going to have to be the first to jump on that. But is it right five years from now? Like, I don't, I don't know. So I guess that would be something I'd be optimistic about. Hmm. That's interesting too. Uh, okay. So a magic genie appears and offers you the chance to go back to the beginning of your racing career and start all over, but you get to retain all the knowledge and experience that you have now. So do you accept the offer to go back or do you stay in the present? No, stay in the present. There ain't no way I'm getting that lucky twice in a row. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's no way I'm going back. Yeah. I I mean, I think with other people, right? Like if you knew you had the funding to do it or whatever, then yeah, it'd be way easy to go, to go back and say, Hey, you know, I could win way more races when I was younger and maybe, you know, get a different type of deal growing up or whatever. But in my situation, you know, sleeping on the couches and volunteering, like there's no way that this happens a second time now. Like everything, every door opens so perfectly for me. There's no way I'm risking going back and then not getting back to this point. Yeah. Now that, that makes sense in your case for sure. Yeah. 
the amount of things your dad running into people on the yeah, street. Yeah, like there's you know, no yeah. way that I would even think about risking it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so obviously each week, uh, ask a driver to give me a question for the next person. The last one was with Tyler Reddick, and he says, "Has becoming a father helped you become a better person? And if yes, then how?" So I don't I don't know about a better person. I feel like I look at life differently. Like before, like we were just talking earlier, like I kind of left it all at the racetrack, right? But like now I feel like I really do. Like even the other night at practice, I felt like our car didn't necessarily drive the greatest, right? Or like didn't have the speed. And as I was walking back over there, I'm like, man, I can't wait to see him. Like I, I'm so excited. Like he's going to, like Marissa was sending me videos of him laughing and just giggling. I'm like, man, I can't wait. Like I was so excited to get over there. So I feel like just my perspective, I guess, on life has changed a little bit. My priorities, right? Like before it was just race, 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 race. That's all I wanted to do. Or now, like I, I want to be home a lot more. Like I want to be home to experience things with him. And I feel like that part of it has changed a lot, just the perspective. But I don't feel like as being a person I've changed any. I feel like I'm still the same person, but definitely my perspective on things have changed quite a bit just from a priority standpoint. So he is it a, he's a four month old, is that right? Yeah, four and a half months right four now. Four and a half months. So he's he's recognizes you oh yeah stuff like that like laughing all the time and like you know like i'll walk in the door and he starts smiling as soon as he sees me so like it's super cool like as he's slowly developing his personality and the last i would say two weeks he finally like can work his hands so like he'll like be grabbing at your face and stuff it's super cool because obviously like whenever they're a newborn there's not a whole lot they're doing yeah they're kind of sleeping all the time and you want to help but there's really not much you can do and like now like you can play with him right like you can shake a rattle in front of him and he interacts with it so it's super cool that's great um so i'm sorry i don't know who the next uh person is so you can either uh give a question i can ask anybody or when i know who it is i can double back with you and uh get a more specific is it possible to ask two like one generic and then one for hey now that i know it's this guy or would that break yeah. the rules? No, that that's fine. If you, yeah, you can uh, you can either keep your. It would be like a game show. You can either keep your question or <laughs> well, turn it in for a new one. If I can just something. keep a generic one. I, okay. We were talking earlier. I like my last year question of what's the most scared you've ever been inside of a race car because I do think that's a good question. But if I know who the person is, my question could totally change. So I guess text me whoever you whenever you figure out who it is, and then if I have a question that I would really like to ask that person, I'll I'll let you know. Are you going to press lo- the long text on my <laughs> yeah. thing? Or are you going to reply? I'll, I'll actually reply. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> that makes me feel good. Thank you. Uh, well, thanks for doing this as always. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. it. Thank you for having me. I always have uh, enjoyed reading them and being a part of it. It's been super cool. Thanks. All right, everybody. There you have it. Chase Briscoe on the 12 questions. And uh, first of all, I, I got to tell you about the iPhone trick because I, I probably didn't describe it very well while I was listening, but I, I certainly did not know this. And maybe some of you out there, you're just like, how did you not know this? How, how, how are you not aware of this trick? But basically, if you have an iPhone and you get the text message and you see all the list of all the different people texting you, you do the long press with your thumb on top of the conversation without opening it. Just do the long press on top of it and you'll see a preview that comes up of the text messages in there. It doesn't show that it's been read and it doesn't take the notification away like he was talking about. Now, again, you can't reply to it but you can see what somebody said um, right away, right there, without actually opening the, the conversation. And uh, apparently that's how he got so far behind on his text, but uh, maybe it's a trick you can use in the future for yourself. 
Also, um, as far as the question for the next person, the question he submitted uh, was some one, one that I asked uh, Corey LaJoy last year. It, uh, it went Chase Briscoe, then Corey LaJoy last year. And uh, unfortunately for Chase, it turned out this year's one right after him again is Corey LaJoy. So I already used his question for Corey LaJoy last year. So Chase had to submit a different one for next week's interview. And that is, as a new dad and someone still trying to improve their career with all the stress and all the commitments that both jobs require, how do you balance it all? And do you have any advice for me? So that is what I will ask Corey LaJoy next week. Uh, Obviously, um, these interviews, I've, I've used the exact four same people, uh, as I did for last year's opening four people, because, uh, you know what? They're reliable. I know they're going to give me really good answers. I want these to, to start off well, as I've said on the previous podcasts. And, uh, I just figured, Hey, why, why not go to what works? And so far, I hope you've enjoyed these. Uh, this was number three. We've done Joey Logano, Tyler Reddick, and now Chase Briscoe, then Corey LaJoy, next week and I, I thought that was a fun one as well so keep tuning in and uh we'll we'll just see if we can keep these up we'll see how long we can go like I, i've said before um we'd love to have you subscribe to the athletic and to do that you can go to theathletic.com slash 12 questions to see the latest deal uh if you're just into the 12 questions uh primarily or something and don't really care about the rest of our coverage well first of all i think you're missing out selfishly uh but second of all the written version of the 12 questions um, and the audio version on the Athletics app comes out like about a week ahead of time of the one that you're hearing if you're listening to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. So if you want like the early access to it, that is how you can get it by subscribing to The Athletic. And again, would love your support there. Either way, I appreciate you and I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.